Hey, I want to start by saying thank you for making September one of the best months for downloads of episodes for murder and mediumship. I'm so excited about that. And I was able to hear back from a brother of one of the missing people that I featured a few weeks back, which just further confirms to me that this show is so important. So may we continue to be a voice for the under and unreported homicides and missing persons in this world. I do want to go ahead and say I still kind of have a cold, so I might sound a little bit off, a little bit different. I'm going to do my best to sound right for this, but just a forewarning there. Okay. Thank you especially to the patrons of Catherine Ann Intuitive making it easier to finance the production of this show. As you know, it's a one-woman deal, and it's important work that we're doing here as evidenced by hearing from the brother of the girl who had gone missing a few weeks ago. The best way to show your love for this show is to stop in on Apple iTunes and give us a quick five-star review and short message. The higher the average rating and the more written reviews the podcast receives, the more it appears on suggested show feeds on various platforms. More ears listening means more people's stories being heard. If you haven't yet left a review, please go to iTunes and leave one. Screenshot it and email it to Galvin at katherineannintuitive.com. Obviously, I'll link this in the show notes. Everyone who leaves a review in the month of October will have a chance to win a free 30-minute psychic reading, which is a $97 value. And if you want to increase the number of chances you have to win it, then every time you share an episode in a story on Instagram, screenshot it and email it to me as well. Emailing it to me ensures that I have a method of contacting you if you're the one who wins. Okay, so enter as many times as you'd like. I'm really excited for this. It's been a while since I've done a giveaway, so here we are, and it's going to go for the month of October, okay? So I'm your host, Catherine, psychic medium, self-worth coach, and true crime addict. Anything that you hear on this show will have source materials linked in the show notes, and my feelings on each case are based on intuitive hits and downloads, and everyone is innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Before I get to the case, I'd like to invite you all to check out Catherine Ann Intuitive on Patreon. There, we share weekly energy updates, monthly energy reads, journaling prompts, interviews with murderers and celebrities on the other side, as well as monthly self-care workshops. Thank you for your help supporting the show and spreading of the voices of those who have lost theirs. And before I get to it, I wanted to take a second and read a few reviews that have been left for murder and mediumship. C. Ayers 14 says, Catherine truly has a gift. She brings attention to underpublicized murders in hopes of getting them the traction needed for resolve while giving her psychic mediumship take on what took place in the most respectful way. Not only is this podcast incredible, but she is a truly amazing person all around. If you love murder and mediumship, definitely check out the other services she offers. Thank you so much for that. I very much appreciate all of that. And I concur. Check out the other services offered. (laughs) Sing It Back says, stumbled across this while following a trail of You Might Also Like recommendations, and it quickly became one of my favorite podcasts. I really love Catherine Ann's approach to true crime podcasting, and she's a great host and an enthralling storyteller. So happy I found this, and I look forward to future episodes. That makes me so excited to know that people are finding it by following those trails of You Might Also Like, because it means it's showing up for people, which means these stories are being heard. And speaking of stories being heard, it's about freaking time we get to today's. 
So today we're talking about Destiny Harrison. Destiny Harrison came into this world in April of 1998 with a purpose, as most Aries do. (laughs) At a very young age, she knew exactly what she wanted to do with her life. And unlike many others, she had the drive and determination to see her dreams come to fruition. Rather than attend a regular high school, Destiny attended Mergenthaler Vocational Technical School in Baltimore, Maryland. It was there that she obtained her license in cosmetology, and it seems like she immediately started putting her licensure to work. While she was attending the school, she was also working part-time at both Popeye's Chicken and Walmart. And after graduating high school in 2016, she began college at Bowie State University in pursuit of a degree in business administration with a minor in fashion design. Most people would wait until graduating with those credentials to start a business of their own, but that's not how Destiny did things. This girl was a boss from a very young age. She was already a popular influencer on Instagram with the handle Slayed by Des and selling hair products and bundles under Madame D Collection. So she had her own collection, okay? She was barely 20, 21 years old at this time, and she had her own collection and business that she was running online to further create space to live out her dream. This young woman's dream was to be a name that people knew in the hair industry, and frankly, she was well on her way to fulfilling that dream. By 21 years of age, she had already run multiple successful businesses that led her to the opening of her very own brick-and-mortar hair salon, Madame D Beauty Bar. Her salon was located on North Milton Avenue in East Baltimore. She did all of this by such a young age, but not only was she a young businesswoman, she also became a young mother to her beautiful baby girl dream in February 2019. This kind of success is remarkable in so many ways for anyone under these circumstances. To celebrate her success, she bought herself a beautiful cherry red Mercedes Benz. And all the while, her mom Raquel remained her biggest fan and most loyal supporter. From what I can tell from social media accounts, the two of them were truly best friends, far closer than any already close, fortunate mother and daughter relationship. So when initially feeling into this case, I approached it in the exact same way that I have the last few. I asked my guides to give me a name and location, and I heard Destiny Metro and got the sense that it was closer to where I live. So, and I'm in the Virginia Beach area of Virginia, so East Coast. As I wasn't exactly sure what Metro meant, I looked up, quote, Destiny Death and found her picture. And when I do this, I make sure to see as little as possible as I only want to see their face. I don't want to get any other information before I feel into anything. So as I sat with her in my mind, I heard a very concerned and annoyed annoyed voice saying that the cops were too busy. I got that it was a personal hit and that it happened in broad daylight. I felt that a woman was involved, that there were multiple gunshots, and I heard they weren't even going to sell it. They dumped it. It wasn't about the money. It was about making me know my place. And then I heard another woman's voice say, you effing shot her? And I knew that there were two people involved, but the third person, the woman, it was hard to tell if she was physically there or if she was a part of it from a distance. And I'll fill you in on what I concluded as I read more information, of course. I do feel that the female is largely responsible as she led them to her in one way or another. It has the energy of almost like spitting in someone's face. 
And I do believe that whoever pulled the trigger still has the gun and that the female was in a romantic relationship with one of the men who went into the salon that day. This is an active case. As I said, it happened in 2019. So this is almost two years ago. In a few months, it'll be two years. And there have been no arrests made so far. This is still something that needs to be treated with extra caution. And I did also get that there was a history of violence with at least one of the people involved. But at the time, I don't believe she had a record with law enforcement. And if she did, it wasn't for something like this. It was less earth shattering. So what happened? December 19th, 2019, Madam D Beauty Bar was broken into from the back of the store. There were two people, one male, one female, and they were stealing hair extensions and other supplies, and as it was described in Destiny's police report, the male was blocking the door and holding a bucket that the female was loading the supplies into. The male then held Destiny back while the female kicked and beat her. And if you look her up online, if you look Destiny up on social media, you Google some pictures of her, she is tiny. She is this little, tiny Fierce, but tiny human being. To think about someone pinning her down and holding her back like that, it just, it hurts your stomach. So that day they got away with roughly $3,000 in product from the salon. You heard right. Destiny filed a report with the police. Pieces of the police report are available online. And though the names are redacted, you can see clearly that she knew the names of those who assaulted her and burglarized the salon. And in the report, she wrote, I walked in the back and I seen blank and his girlfriend holding a bucket while he blocks the door. The bucket had my hair bundles I sell. Blank proceeds to swing and while she is swinging, blank holds me down. So blank can finish hitting me and stopping me. They then ran. I'm sure they picked the lock to the door and I'm scared for my life and business. I believe it was because they were getting evicted for not paying rent. This report was filed on December 10th, 2019, and 12 days later, 12 days, not even two full weeks later, on December 21st at 6.12 p.m., Baltimore City Police responded to a shooting at Harrison's Beauty Salon. She was found shot in the head, but still breathing, and everyone scattered when the two male assailants entered through the front of the salon and shot directly at her. To make this entire situation, which is already devastating, even more devastating, her one-year-old daughter, Dream, was at the salon with her that day. Dream was taken to CPS where she was soon reunited with her grandmother, Destiny's mom, Raquel. Now, when I say that Dream was at the salon, I mean when everyone scattered, they left that poor baby girl in the salon with her mother on the floor with gunshot wounds to her head. That poor, poor girl. Destiny was pronounced dead at the hospital. For as many customers as there were in the salon, no one will come forward as a witness. There were even more products stolen that day from the salon. Twelve days prior, Destiny not only filed the police report about the burglary on the 9th, but she also filed an order of peace or a restraining order. From what I can tell, they're essentially the same thing. If they're not, someone please correct me. But she filed a restraining order on the male who was present during the burglary. And while his name is unknown, the male who was served the protective order on the 19th of December, 
Two days later, Destiny was shot dead in her own salon. She worked tirelessly and passionately to live the life that she was living, and she established herself well in the hair community in the area. Unfortunately, someone else's insecurities and greed allowed them to be blind to the value of her life, and they killed her. And I believe this motivation was twofold. On one side, I think there was a lot of jealousy and personal conviction in this killing, especially coming from the female side of things. Second, it was motivated by knowing they could get a quick cash out there as well. I And when I said earlier that I felt like the female was the one who led them to everything, I do think that she is the one who knew that there would be supplies there. She knew where to get them, it feels like, and she knew that... Um, that they wouldn't be seen necessarily coming in the back of the store. But all in all, law enforcement let her down. Her safety was never a priority. And yes, I realized that in 2019, there were 348 homicides in Baltimore. I realized that there were 57 killings per 100,000 people. I know that it is considerably higher than the national average, but this is one reason, just one reason, why there is such little faith in law enforcement. This case has opened my eyes to understanding a little bit more about the culture in the area as well. The way that it was explained to me was that you just don't go to the police. If you go to the police, you're seen as a snitch. And crime runs the area. Law enforcement does not. There's no control. So maybe that is the case. Maybe it isn't. What I do know, though, is that it was a commonly shared thought in many of the opinion articles in the Reddit community that the, quote, no snitching culture is what led her to led to her death. And she got involved with the police and was made to pay for it. Do we think her case will ever be solved? Yes. But not in the legal sense. I do not believe that her case will be quote closed, but that those in the area and those at the salon know exactly who killed her. They know exactly who killed Destiny Harrison. And the police know as well as they already have reports and a protective order on at least one of those who entered her salon that day. I feel like she had been threatened by them before. I feel like they have been a nuisance to her before. And I believe when they broke into her shop, it was one of the last times that she was going to take this. However, when she called the police, I feel like it was then that she almost signed her, her death wish because, and I say this, I'm not blaming her at all. So please do not think I am victim blaming here. I am saying that it is for reasons like this that law enforcement has a bad reputation in that community. And when you see people afraid to call the police because they think there are going to be negative repercussions for it on so many different ends, number one, the police let her down. They did not follow up. They did not take the complaint seriously if they weren't there helping. This man was issued a restraining order two days before. And then suddenly she shot dead in her salon at six o'clock at night. What was it? Barely dark at that point. So the police know who did this, but they don't have any solid evidence to move in and make an arrest. And quite frankly, I think in the beginning when I was hearing the police don't care, they don't have the time. I do believe that the resources are spread thin, but you choose how you spend your time, right? And this is part of the violent crime. I read in one thread on Reddit, and I did go to the Reddit community because I wanted to see and understand more 
of the people who were from the area to try to just gain a broader understanding of everything that happened. And this is the thing. From what I understand, when people in that area of Baltimore are starting to do well, or I feel like Baltimore in general is pretty much not a great place to be, right? So there are select parts, but it's for the most part, one of the most dangerous cities in the country. So when someone gets shot there and killed, they become just a number. And what's so devastating to me is that it's almost like it's known that if anything happens, there's no help. It's just what it is. And you're going to have to solve it yourself. Or you're going to have to accept that no one's coming to help you. What a lonely and oppressive feeling that must be. That no one's there to have your back. That literally calling the police meant that she was probably going to be killed. But not calling the police meant that she was going to have to continue to like pay up to these criminals or be threatened by them and and just show up in a way that she was vulnerable and in a way that she shouldn't have to be because she created this insanely beautiful life for herself. And not only that, I did see people commenting on how, oh, I'm from that area. And when I established my own business, I moved. I got out of that area because people think that they're going to do right by their community and staying, but really they're just in a dangerous place. And I have to say that sounds pretty reasonable. But it's not helping solve anything. And until people are given the support that they need to feel safe in their own communities, in their own areas, nothing's going to turn around. The cyclical shit has got to stop. Something has to give and something has to change. And I would love to hear any feedback or commentary, good or bad, about what I'm saying here. Educate me. How do we, as a world overall, help in these areas? How do we, how do we fix this? What's next? Because for as much as this beautiful young entrepreneur created for herself, she unfortunately left nothing to take care of the expensive of a funeral. As who could even anticipate needing something like this? So young. However, the tiny little beauty in this story, Baltimore native, famous boxer, Javonta Davis, heard about this senseless killing and reached out to the family and offered to do anything he could to help. And he, in turn, paid for her funeral in full. Still, a young mother, friend, daughter, granddaughter, sister, niece was lost. And that will always leave a lasting impact. So if you know anything about this crime, please contact the Baltimore City Police. This is not right what happened to her or to her family. And this senseless violence, it's got to stop. And there's got to be something more that we can do. So if you have any information, it could be the information that gets the ball rolling. Thank you for listening again to Murder and Mediumship. And if you have any cases you'd like to request or have me cover, please leave them at www.katherineannintuitive.com. And I'll be back next week. <laughs>